Still guilty of potential war crimes, it's the I Can Complain podcast. The grand scheme of things, I, I can't complain. 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 Who's going to complain? Huh? Him? I'm going to sit here and complain. Welcome to the show. My name is John. Off and running here on a Tuesday. Everybody always says nothing good ever happens after midnight. Have you ever heard these people say that shit? That's not true at all. Guess what, bitch? I record these episodes after midnight frequently. And you're going to tell me this isn't good? This is the best podcast on the internet, goddammit. Nothing good ever happens after midnight. Ain't that some sheltered shit right there? I've had most of the best experiences of my life occur after midnight. There was a brief period in my life where I was using hard drugs. And I'll tell you this, I've used hard drugs after midnight, and I've used hard drugs in the middle of the day, and using hard drugs in the middle of the day is a hell of a lot more depressing than getting high at 4 a.m. with your friends. If you live a deviant lifestyle, all the best things happen after midnight. You can't be doing cocaine at 10.30 in the morning, your friend's looking out the blinds, he thinks the mailman is ex-special forces, and he's been sent by the president to kill everybody in the apartment complex. That's what goes on when you do drugs in the morning hours. Don't do drugs in the morning hours. And my degenerate drug users out there, they know that I'm right. You'd rather be doing cocaine at 2 a.m. than having to fight traffic at 10 a.m. going to score an eight ball. You don't want to get stuck behind a school bus waiting to score cocaine. The point is, if you're open to new experiences and you really want to live on the fringes of society, if you want to experience something new, lots of great things happen after midnight. I say nothing good ever happens after 6 a.m. I was born at 8.56 in the morning, and ever since I was birthed, I haven't liked the morning hours very much. But everybody's just living in fear. They tell me nothing good ever happens after midnight like it's all sunshine and roses during the day. What about September 11, 2001? Do you remember that little terrorist attack? That happened during the day. Every school shooting that I've ever seen, that's occurred during the day. Is it a coincidence that all these events occurred during daylight hours? I don't think so. And of course I'm joking, but growing up I would hear that a lot. Nothing good happens after midnight. And then, on Christmas Eve, they made me go to bed early so Santa Claus could deliver my gifts at 3.30 in the morning. A magical, seemingly immortal man is going to ride around on a sleigh pulled by flying reindeer, and he's going to bring me whatever I want in the middle of the night under the cover of darkness. And you're trying to tell me nothing good happens after midnight? This man's a magician! He shows up on a sleigh in the middle of the night and he gives me whatever I want. Shit, it seems to me like only good shit happens after midnight. I was likely conceived after midnight. I was likely conceived when my dad woke up in the middle of the night and he didn't have the energy, he didn't have the strength to jerk off because he had been working hard all day long. And my mom decided to give him She climbed on and I was conceived at 3.30 in the morning. So you'll have to excuse me when I take offense when people say nothing good ever happens after midnight because I happened after midnight, goddammit. And to be honest, I've never had an issue living a graveyard lifestyle despite how vilified it might be because I don't like to deal with traffic and I don't like to deal with lines and when you're moving out in the world at 3 and 4 in the morning you don't have to deal with any of that bullshit. But guys, in the interest of full disclosure, this past week, against my better judgment, I fucked up and I went out in the world at 8 a.m. I ventured out in public at 8 a.m. in the morning, and what did I find? I found a Christmas parade. I found people celebrating Christmas three weeks early at 8 a.m. Who the fuck wants to celebrate anything at 8 a.m.? I had to do a double take because people were actually standing around in 19 degree temperatures 
with a stiff breeze with smiles on their faces at 7.30 in the morning. Like, this shit's cute. I can tell you right now, this shit ain't cute. I saw a few people huddled around a burn barrel drinking hot chocolate, and I had to do a double take. I said, what the fuck? Are we in Ukraine? Is this America? What country is this? If you remove the context of the situation, if you don't know that they're out there waiting for a parade to start, it looks straight up like a scene out of the Great Depression. It looked like Skid Row if somebody just came along and passed out free Santa hats. At first, before I realized what was going on, I said to myself, God damn, we gotta do something about the homeless population. It's getting out of control. Look at these poor bastards standing around drinking hot chocolate at 8 a.m. in the morning. And then I realized they were there of their own volition. They've chosen to show up and wait on a parade to start. A parade that's gonna move at 5 miles per hour and it's gonna take all goddamn day. I couldn't believe it. In a society that moves faster than it ever has in human civilization, society's going by at lightning speeds and these people are lining up to watch cars drive at four miles per hour for eight hours. I mean, that shit might have been cool a hundred years ago when people didn't have anything else to do and there were fucking ponies and horses in the parade. Now, there's automobiles. I know for a fact that those automobiles can go faster than they're going in the parade. I'm like, can you please step on the gas? Can you please accelerate at a decent speed or we're gonna be stuck out here till January? And as I sat in my car observing the women, the children, and the elderly waiting for the parade to start, I looked in the faces of some of the kids there, and there was horror and there was confusion, because they were confused how Santa Claus, who can traverse the entire globe in less than six hours, plop down every chimney in this great nation, how this man that moves this fast in one night is content to sit on a parade float and move a total of four miles in eight hours. It didn't make any sense to them, and it doesn't make any sense to me. If I was one of those kids, I'd be like, where are those reindeer at, Santa Claus? Break those bitches out and get your ass moving. I don't have time for this. And you better bring me my Xbox this year, or I'm going to get angry, and you're not going to like me when I'm angry, Santa. And while I'm on the subject of Christmas and Santa Claus, I just have to say, how much longer are we going to keep putting cookies out for this slob? Real talk right now. How much longer are we going to keep putting out chocolate chip cookies and milk for this fat son of a bitch. That's not what he needs. He needs a salad. Would somebody make a nice garden salad? Maybe some dressing on the side and leave that out for him? He needs leafy greens. That's what he needs. The man's obviously pre-diabetic, guys. He doesn't need cookies. Just because he's immortal doesn't mean he can't fall into a diabetic coma. It doesn't mean he can't have a diabetic seizure in the middle of the night. And suddenly, next year, Santa Claus is showing up. The toys are all busted because he keeps crashing the sleigh. He can't even hold on to the reins properly because the entire left side of his body is inoperable due to a diabetic seizure. But nobody cares. Nobody cares except me. Everybody just keeps leaving him famous Amos cookies with a smile on their face like, here you go, Santa. Enjoy these cookies. Hope to see you next year. Leave him a garden salad or maybe even leave him a little Ozempic, that new weight loss medicine. Leave that for him on the coffee table. Just leave him a note. Don't be mean about it, but leave him a note saying, Santa Claus, I've noticed you've been expanding rapidly recently and your ass is so fat that you have to come face first down the chimney. So here's a few pills out of my personal stash for you. Oh, and P.S. Santa, I hope your deliveries get finished quickly tonight because I don't want you out too late because after all, nothing good ever happens after midnight. We'll be right back. Friends, it's John here for Pure Russian Rainwater. Ah, yes, Pure Russian Rainwater. Evidently, Mr. Rainwater wants me to get the word out that Santa Claus is not welcome or needed in Russia this year for Christmas. Mr. Rainwater says he's taken over duties. 
He's delivering a case down every chimney to every young child in Russia. He slides right down the chimneys. What was that, Jessica? I said he slides right down the chimneys. He doesn't have any ass cheeks or eyebrows. He lubes up and slides down the chimneys every Christmas Eve. I'm afraid to ask, but why does he lube up? Why is that necessary? Oh, he just likes to be lubed. Well, if he's lubed up, how does he ride the reindeer when he gets back on him? Well, he doesn't have reindeer, man. He, he drives a Buick. Mr. Rainwater's coming to visit you if you're in Russia this Christmas, and he's bringing a case of pure Russian rainwater in his Buick. <laughs> pure Russian rainwater. If it's got to be pure this Christmas, it's got to be Russian. All right, with that madness out of the way, it's time for more madness. I swear, there's no point to this show and there's no end to it. Now for a new segment we like to call The Headlines. All right, it's The Headlines, all the news worth knowing about. Brought to you, as always, by Pure Russian Rainwater. The restaurant chain Subway announced this week that in January, they will be adding new foot-long cookies to their menu. A spokesman for the company said that while the cookies are not intended to replace sandwich bread, they legally can't stop you from assembling a turkey Swiss and chocolate chip sub after you leave the premises. In Pennsylvania, a new law has banned non-consent pelvic and rectal exams. The judge presiding over the case said this was a necessary step to take after too many doctors pretended not to hear the safe word. In Russia, Vladimir Putin has demanded that Russian women have eight more children to make up for the war deaths. To which the Russian men in the military said, Great, I gotta fight for this country, now I gotta come home and sleep with a broad with seven kids. Can I re-enlist? Sounds like living at a daycare center. In Connecticut, a bus driver who passed out behind the wheel from weed gummies has received probation. Angry parents at the sentencing told the judge, I don't want no bitch who can't even handle his gummies driving my kids around. And finally, drunk and asleep on the job, air traffic controllers have been pushed to the brink. The bus driver in Connecticut who got caught high at the wheel said he'll be applying for the position as soon as he gets off of probation. And those are the headlines. All right, it's December and seasonal depression. It's real, guys. Seasonal depression's a thing. And I say, lean into it. Embrace your seasonal depression. This week, Charlie Munger died. And if you don't know who the hell that is, I don't blame you. He was evidently some rich asshole who rolled with Warren Buffett and made his fortune on the back of those less fortunate than him. I'm looking at a picture of him right now, and he looks like a slave owner that was born in the wrong era. I'm just saying he looks like a man who would have enjoyed having a team of minorities working under him that he didn't give any financial compensation to. That's all I'm saying. But last week, old Charlie died at the age of 100. And sure, I'm talking a lot of shit about him because that's what we do here on the show. But when I saw this story, there's one thing that Charlie and I have in common. We both enjoy windowless rooms, evidently. Charlie Munger once funded a $185 million windowless dorm at his alma mater, the University of Michigan. When the dorm was built and complete, he said you never saw a happier bunch of students. And that just goes to show you how depressing Michigan really is during the winter. Shit, it's depressing 365 days a year, but especially during the winter. These students at the University of Michigan were just overjoyed that they didn't have to look outside at the bleak conditions. Incoming freshmen couldn't wait to move into that bitch so they didn't have to look at the polluted snow outside from the Detroit automobiles. They didn't have to look at the Speedway gas stations that are on every corner up there. 
They said, give me a room without a view. And I bet the university officials caught wind of that. They said, oh, you want a room without a view? Let's give old Charlie a call. This is a man, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he wasn't a slave owner in a former life. Maybe Charlie actually built the gas chambers in Germany. Maybe that's what he did, because he likes rooms without windows. As a former college student myself, I know some of you guys won't believe that, but I did go to college. I didn't graduate, but I went to college. God, if I had graduated, I wouldn't be doing this right now. But my point is, when I went to college, the window was necessary because we would smoke pot in the rooms. We would smoke pot in the dorm rooms. And then we would have a smoof, which was basically a half of a water bottle, a pure Russian rainwater water bottle. It would be a plastic water bottle. You cut it in half. You'd stuff some dryer sheets inside of it. And then you'd inhale the pot smoke and you'd blow it out the smoof. You'd blow it out the water bottle. And then it would freshen the air before it dispersed out the window. The window was a key element to dorm life. That's what I'm saying. Without the window, you had nowhere to blow the pot smoke. So perhaps this was a bit inconvenient for the college kids, but I got to tell you guys something. I love a windowless room. Very few times in my life have I enjoyed myself as much as I've enjoyed myself in a room with no windows. I was speaking with one of my past girlfriends recently, and she said, I miss you. And I said, you know what? I miss you too, but what I really miss much more than you is that old apartment of yours. Do you remember the bedroom? It didn't have any windows. I loved embracing my depression. We would just lay in bed. She would be depressed. I would be depressed. And we would be depressed together. That's what relationships are really about, guys. Relationships are about two people shielded from the outside world and complete darkness suffering together. That's what it's all about. Now, I will say that she didn't remember this apartment. She didn't remember this time in her life quite as fondly as I'm telling it here on the show. She said she lost track of time. The room was always dark. The only way we would be able to tell the passing of time was by the train. She lived next to a train station. And the trains would pass. The trains would be passing in the night. And we'd be laying in the bed with no conception, no idea of what time it was. And it was magical. It was lovely. I love a room without a window. (coughs) What the hell? Why is it so smoky in here? Jessica, are you cooking under the desk again? Cookies are ready. New foot long cookies are ready. I've told you not to cook under the desk, Jessica. You're burning the cookies. Crack the window open. It's smoky as hell in here. I've got chocolate chip and I've got macadamia nut. Just open the window. I'm going to die. There's no ventilation in here. Why does it sound like a jet plane is taking off outside? What the fuck's going on around here? Now close the window. I can't do the show if the window's open. What was that? I said close the window, Jessica. Man, you have a lot of demands. It's just I'm trying to do a show and you're always cooking during it. You want a chocolate chip cookie? It'll probably make you feel better. Yeah, I want a chocolate chip cookie. Thank you for baking these, Jessica. Oh, it's good. These are good cookies. Yeah, and I never cook in a room without a window. In case you have to open it for ventilation. No, it's so I don't get depressed while I'm cooking. Get the fuck out of here. Don't get depressed while you're cooking. You've once again derailed the show, Jessica. Congratulations. Not any worse than your prepared material. You should go ahead and read that. I don't want to read it. Read it? All right. Seasonal depression sounds like something I could get into. I enjoy baseball and hockey season. Maybe I should get into a season of depression. Let me ask you this, man. How many generations do you think came before you? I don't know. A hundred generations in my family, probably. I don't know. And this is what we've arrived at. Your relatives survived scurvy and the bubonic plague just so you could blow it like this. This is your legacy. I hope you're proud of yourself. 
this is it. This is my legacy. This is what I'll be remembered for. You know, guys, we don't really control what we're remembered for, though. I was looking up a recipe online this week, and the author of the recipe, it was a woman, and I guess her husband had passed away, and it was one of his favorite dishes. And she said, my late husband, God bless him, the man loved his smoked sausage. The guy, her husband, he lived for 80 years probably, and all he's going to be remembered for is how much he loves smoked sausage. The man probably went to university, got a degree, raised beautiful children, succeeded in business, stashed some money away so his family could live comfortably in the event of his demise. And when it's all said and done, all he's remembered for online is a man who loved his smoked sausage. A man who enjoyed pounding Polish kielbasa sausage at 3.30 in the morning alone in a dark bedroom. That's all he's remembered for. She said the man had an affinity for sausages. He likes staying up till all hours of the night cooking these kielbasas. So you try telling this woman that nothing good ever happens after midnight. She'll counter with, yeah, well, the only memory I have of my husband is him sitting at the kitchen table in the middle of the night eating sausage. (laughs) See you guys next Tuesday. Bye. With the holiday season rapidly approaching, everybody's going to convince you to shop local. They're going to say patronize your local mom and pop shops. Yeah, that really sounds like something I want to do. I want to shop at a place with a 40% markup just so mom and pop never have to get real jobs. No thank you. I'm going to the big box store and I'm going to score a discount. If you get a gift from me this holiday season, just know it's coming from China. This shit's straight off the boat and children have assembled it. Right. Give me the next Tucker fucking Carlson or Rush Limbaugh, huh? I think you could. Oh, yeah. Nope, 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 nope. I think you could. Recently, someone told me that they needed to speak to me man to man. Which left me wondering, did they recently transition? Like, I thought they were always speaking to me as a man, but maybe not. I will say this, if you transition just so you could speak to me man to man, my hat's off to you. Why am I asking these questions? You are no better, I've had it. Jason, you should be a man instead of a whiny little boy. Call me a whore, you call me a bitch. You sit on the DM chat line. You come into my bedroom when I'm asleep. Wake me up for a piece of ass. And as for Big Bird, you need to go back to Sesame Street, buddy. Icancomplain.com is the home of this program. We're found everywhere that you find podcasts and even some places where you don't. Word on the street is this is Santa Claus's favorite podcast. Evidently, he's got a plane on an endless loop for all the elves to listen to while they're working in the workshop. The workshop, by the way, without any windows, so the elves don't know what time of day it is. He just got them working 24-7 around the clock. Now that's some seasonal depression for you right there. That's a reason to have seasonal depression. See you guys next Tuesday. Do I love you? We just met a couple of minutes ago. For all I know, you might be a pot-smoking, jaded, wild-eyed, radical dropout. I am a pot-smoking, jaded, wild-eyed, radical dropout. I love you. I gotta be honest with you, Joan. You gotta delete the fucking pot meat episode. That was awful.
That's not good material. It's 3 a.m. You show me the children and I'll put a shirt on. Goodbye.